Hey, this is Peter Marks. Welcome to Rhythmation. We are a nonprofit organization that believes music communities have the power to make change. The format of today's show is a bit different as there's no guest interview. I'll actually be sharing my own experience of some recent travels I had to South Africa and then playing a mix of South African house music, including some new records I picked up. The week I spent in South Africa exceeded my expectations in almost every respect. It's more naturally beautiful than the photos make it out to be, and I was moved by the history in ways I didn't anticipate. However, what shocked me the most was that deep house music is bigger in South Africa than I could have ever imagined. When Resident Advisor put out this video about the house music scene in Johannesburg nearly a decade ago called Real Scenes Johannesburg, which I'll link in the show notes, you should definitely watch it, I assumed the claims of the music's popularity were overhyped and exaggerated. It seemed too far-fetched that kids in grade school would be listening to soulful and understated electronic dance music like the stuff I listened to. I was wrong, and it's not exaggerated. Deep House has been the biggest genre in South Africa for more than a decade, and it's immediately evident when you're there. It's playing in every restaurant and every car stereo. Each time I got in a taxi, I asked drivers of all ages if they liked Deep House and who their favorite DJ or producer was. Other than Black Coffee, who's the most recognized Deep House DJ in all of South Africa and someone I knew of, the drivers always mentioned some local I'd never heard of. And granted, when we're talking about Deep House in South Africa, like the U.S. for that matter, a lot of the most popular stuff is a little bit poppy sounding. It has vocals, but the instrumentation is very clearly Deep House. Hip hop really isn't nearly as big of a thing in South Africa as it is in the U.S. and much of the rest of the world. And really, the only other genre that competes with Deep House in South Africa is this new offshoot genre called Ama Piano. Perhaps the most visible example of Deep House's prominence and the quality of that house was my visit to Toksen Records, which I discovered by pure chance, as it's located in the center of Gandhi Square, which is the Johannesburg equivalent of Times Square in New York. I enter the store and a young 20-something starts showing me the latest final releases from the store's own record label, the majority of which were just immediately placed in the buy now pile. They were so good. He plays me a dub plate of his own forthcoming release on the label, which was also absolute fire, and I would totally play. Yeah, then, then his dad, who apparently is, is well-known enough as a DJ that my driver knew of him, this guy, DJ Toksen, who owns the store, he shows up, he's a super nice guy, he asked me to DJ his party the following week. Just such an unexpectedly nice and friendly group of folks. Had I not committed to starting a new job the following week, I, I would have totally extended the trip for that. This entire experience just came from Googling the word record store in Johannesburg. I, I feel like I just hit the tip of the iceberg of how deep this scene is. As someone who's always seen Deep House as being inseparable from some degree of underground, it feels like an alternate universe to be in a country where Top 40 is Deep House. I'm not really qualified to explain the exact reason behind this popularity. 
Some save the South African flavors of Deep House, tap into traditional African music. And indeed, the percussion of South African Deep House is distinctive, to my ears at least, from American and European house music. Other people would say that the reason for the popularity is that it's been popular for generations, and it's been articulating a sense of hope and joy during and after apartheid. Which, to me, hearing this, this is not unlike the role that house music played during the gay rights movement in America. And it's, it's that sense of, of solidarity and community and positivity that, for me, even today, in the year 2022, keeps me uh, interested in house music. Not to say I experienced nearly the, the oppression that the people of South Africa did during apartheid, but... I just think it's, it's a universal experience that I think a lot of people have during tough times with house music. So, speaking of apartheid, I, I thought I had a solid understanding of how that unfolded. But like a lot of things, the more you learn about it, the more you realize you don't know. I thought of apartheid as an uplifting success story since the good guys beat systematized racism and won lasting control of the government. And in many ways, that is the story. Ending apartheid should absolutely be celebrated as one of the great victories in the history of community organizing. However, since I didn't understand the causes and fully comprehend the depths of oppression, I found myself mentally underprepared for what I experienced as I learned more about it. The most unexpectedly moving experience was at the Hector Peterson Memorial and Museum, a name which was previously unknown to me. Hector lived in, in a the township of Soweto, a township just outside of Johannesburg of over one million densely packed black people who lived without electricity. It was essentially a work camp that they were generally not allowed to leave unless going to work, nor were they allowed to own the property within that they were housed in, these poorly built structures. Nobel Prize recipients Nelson Mandela and Desmond Tutu lived for a time in the same township of Soweto, which is, again, like 30 minutes outside of Johannesburg. Hector Peterson was not a Nobel Peace Prize recipient. He was an 11-year-old boy who was shot and killed by police at the age of 11 in 1976 at the Soweto uprising. An astonishing 600 other student protesters were killed by police during that day of unrest. It's just an astonishing thing to comprehend. Hector became the face of this atrocity when a photo of his slain body being carried out of the protest alongside his weeping sister was printed in newspapers around the world. The horrific image galvanized support for the cause in South Africa and abroad, which made Hector symbolic of a turning point in their nation's history. The museum tells the story of the Soweto uprising in a masterful way and includes some atrocities that really stand out that were committed by the South African government. Even in you know the year 2022, there's no shortage of atrocities happening around us. I mean, at, during this uprising, which again, the police killed 600 student protesters, they blocked the white journalists from being at the protest. And as a result, they were able to claim that only 20 students were killed. They denied the family of the slain students a permit for a mass funeral, again, to suppress how many people were killed at this thing. And then 10 years later, at the commemoration demonstration in 1986, 
they killed even more protesters. It also struck me how silent U.S. Secretary of State Henry Kissinger and the U.S. government were on this matter. Despite these maddening details at the museum, it was the memorial that really crushed me. When I walked into the memorial garden containing 600 bricks with the names of student activists who had been killed written on each one, I completely broke down because I felt like I knew those student activists. I've worked alongside many of them and other young people during the past couple of years on campaign and advocacy work. You know, th- that wasn't exactly me when I was you know, fresh out of school. You know, I, I, I might have done some volunteering here and there, but I, I went and got like a, a well-paying job and was thinking about you know, my material future. But the, the willingness I've seen of so many student activists who really committed their, their youth to this is they're really putting the reputations on the line and the time that they could have otherwise been spent building a career in hope of a better future for themselves and others. This is one of the purest forms of compassion I've, I've witnessed. And hundreds of these particular student activists in South Africa, they paid the ultimate cost for that compassion. The fact that this happened less than 10 years before I was born made it feel close to home. Hector Peterson would have been 57 years old now. The approximate age of some of the deep house heads I talked to in Johannesburg in a record store earlier that day. That moment in the Garden Memorial, for me, put into perspective the enormous enormous cost of making progress in society. And it It showed me plainly that progress hurts the people trying to achieve it in a way that's unjust and unfairly distributed. It sucks, and yet I continue to believe it's the moral thing to do. As I walked out of the the memorial garden along the very streets the protest occurred, well-dressed children walked home from school in the sun, chatting and laughing. So much has changed in the 46 years since that uprising. This neighborhood, like a lot of other parts of Soweto, has turned upscale. I had the best meal of the entire trip on the patio of a resident's nicely furnished house here in Soweto. And unlike the city of Johannesburg, which has experienced white flight and has a reputation for crime, albeit one that I find a little bit overblown, the, the parts of Soweto I visited seemed perfectly safe. And it's clear that these former labor camps that they call townships in South Africa are now places of pride for black South Africans, where they really feel like it's on them to make it a nice place. It's a really positive place to be that I would encourage you people to go to if they visit South Africa. It also turns out these townships are where all the deep house parties are at. Sadly, this is not something I understood going in, and as such, I was unable to attend a proper house party. The internet told me that all the clubs had closed due to Omicron and that there were essentially zero events listed on Resident Advisor, so I figured there was no point in looking further. Yet the intel that I received all too late at the record stores told me that there was no shortage of house music events happening in the townships themselves. Frustrating as this was to miss like what sounded like a really cool welcoming event with people who were inviting me to it, it gave me a sense for what I'd get if I returned, and I, I plan to do that someday especially now that I have such great local contacts. So I, I'm making South Africa out to sound like this, you know, place of miracles where somehow Deep House is like the music of the land and it's this 
you know, everybody's offering you a DJ gig and, uh, you know, it's like this beautiful natural place. I mean, just look at the photos of it. I think it's important to say that South Africa is not without its problems. Most pressingly for young people, it's the, the unemployment rate, which is, I believe, if I'm looking at the most recent figures, 43% nationally and even higher for young people. And I talked about the, the positive story of, of the end of apartheid. It, it should be mentioned that despite the efforts made through the truth and reconciliation process, which is, you know, I, from my view, gone further than a lot of other countries who've gone through this kind of stuff, uh, those responsible for the Soweto massacre were never brought to justice, along with a number of other atrocities that happened during apartheid. And young people realize that, but they also seem to realize what a special place that they inhabit and like how great of a country it is, which is just so positive to see people proud of, of their, their country. And to me, this was most brought into picture when I, I was on a plane ride home out of Johannesburg with a, a young woman and she was leaving for a cruise ship gig in the Caribbean and lamenting to me about how, how bummed she was to be leaving South Africa in the summer she said, quote, South Africa is where it's at. She traveled the world and concluded that nothing beats her home country. And in that moment, I, I couldn't help but agree with her. So if you have the means, South Africa is definitely a place I'd encourage you to visit. I think it really helps reframe the narrative of what Africa is and, and can be. And that's, I think it's really healthy for, for people from the West to, to like know that Africa is like way more than like desolate property, that there's amazing culture here. And the people are absolutely amazing, folks that you can relate to and that you'd want to hang out with in your, your day-to-day life. Um, if that's not the cards, however, uh, I'd encourage you to dive into their history. And I was actually given a list of books and movies about their history that I'll share in the show notes. For the last part of the show, though, I'm going to end with a mix of South African house music, including some new records I picked up. So this first track is off of a compilation from the South African DJ Essa. It's by Alaska. The song is an instrumental version of the song Accuse. Man, the this, this song just is, has had a permanent earworm in my head the last two years. It just has such an infectious, hypnotic melody that it's just like so deep and uplifting. I, yeah, I I cannot get enough of this song.
The next track is by Senyaka. This is an older track from the 1980s, I believe, late 1980s, called Bayan Yonyoba. I first heard this track from Huni, who plays a lot of amazing African music. And yeah, this is just such a heavy team cut.
Next track is by Professor Rhythm, who's early 90s South African house music producer. This is called Leave Me Alone. It's been reissued on the wonderful Awesome Tapes from Africa label. Let's 
next track is by Artwork and Spinworks. It's called Groove in London. And yeah, this is a track I got off of Tokesend Records in that store in Johannesburg I mentioned. Great track.
Next track is by Oscar Naveau. It's called Show Me Love featuring Spumante. Apparently Oscar is an upcoming house music producer.
Next track is by Sculptured Music called I'm Preaching. This, I'm told, is one of the more popular house tracks that's come out in recent years. This has also been released on Tokusen Records. Just a great uplifting vibe with this one.
next track is by Gina Jeans. It's called I'm a Groove. Gina Jeans is a producer I've been, been following. And I think like, like the, the name would suggest this is maybe a I'm a piano track or influenced track. Gina Jeans has some pretty wild mixes out there. You should definitely check her out. I think she has like a boiler room somewhere. Definitely one to watch. track is from the dawn of South African house music, Black Coffee. This track is called Juju. I've played it a zillion times at Occasion Vibration. Always gets people going. Black Coffee just yeah, has has some magic to him. Like, it fills floors when he plays his stuff.
Your body's my 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Rhythm Nation. For a track list, please visit the Rhythm Nation website at rhythmnation.us. And if you've enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you left a review. Uh, Daniel and I and others at Rhythm Nation put a lot of work into the production of this podcast, and you leaving a positive review on this episode helps other people find the podcast. So we'd appreciate that. And thanks again for listening. For more information on our work at Rhythm Nation, again, visit rhythmnation.us.